This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry. This podcast is protected by Lord Hunter the Foulmouthed, Lady Amanda of House Ryan, Lady Rajal of House Stevens, Sir Ron of House Golson, Lord Robert the Unfrozen of House Butler, Lord Paramount of Skagos Island. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight, Fist of the Dragon, Maker of Gains. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful, Stealer of Hearts, Bandit of Time, Hero of Shreve. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into brand one of Clash of Kings, and in our Maester study we will be discussing uh, green dreams, wolf dreams, tree dreams, and mm-hmm. mayhaps. A little bit of mayhaps. Yeah. You know, there's uh, this is where it shows up, and there's some. We t- we mentioned it briefly a while back, but I can't remember exactly what episode that was on. But it's time to bring it back up because this is where we're at. You know, mayhaps. We'll talk about it. Yeah, mayhaps not. Mayhaps not. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> mm-hmm. We shall see. So. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Um. But before we get to that, dude, how how you been? You doing all right? You know, I'm good. I, I'm, I've been a little worked up, uh, worked up over this over this past weekend. Uh, just watching all the college football, you know, watching the blatant disrespect that they have for our, <laughs> our Ohio State Buckeyes here. Yep. But you know, it's okay. I mean, we can go in at number two if that's what you want to do. Right. Uh, you know. So I'm just I'm a little fired up right now. Okay? I know. I know. Yeah, you're tweeting about it. You're all upset. I mean. You know, I mean, here's the the, the stat you gave about uh, who, who was it? The Central Florida team last year? Yeah, or, you, no, it was a couple of years ago, man. Yeah. There was a, there was a UCF team that won three uh, yeah. top twenty five games and was ranked number twelve. And then Clemson this year has beaten nobody that was that will end up being ranked. Yep. And hey, they're they're number they're hey. number three. You know, yeah, it's a joke. Yeah. And then. And then LSU <laughs> gets in at number one. Although we just beat three ranked teams in a row. And they're like, well, you guys struggled against Wisconsin. Well, we didn't give up 40 points to Alabama. So let's go. Find for go. me the game. Find for me the game where we gave up 40 points. I'd love to see it. <laughs> I Sorry. Know. A little college football talk. We're just fired up. Yeah. You know. It was, uh, yeah, it was a, that was a late night last night. I, I thought it was, a, it was a, it was a roller coaster. Yeah. It was. It was. But it was good. You took it, you take care of business, whatever. Our quarterbacks actually dinged up. For crying out loud! Yeah, you know it's okay, All right. and it's it's a rivalry game. Hey, we played them early in the season. We whooped them. Yeah, whooped we did them again. Whooped them again last night. You know we, so whatever. Now we got to go. We got to play Clemson. We'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, should be a good game. But yeah, so yeah. so Matt's fired up. I'm just fired up, man. Yeah, I, got, I woke up, got a good workout in. Um, ready to go, man. We're recording uh, some bend the knee today. Yep. We as Serge and I have been recording like crazy. Yep. 
these these past weeks, man. We got, you know, obviously we got Star Wars stuff coming out. A little bit of Winds of Winter news to discuss today. Jeez, I mean, yeah. Right, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Pretty exciting stuff, man. Yeah. You know, there's, there's video game stuff going on. Um, the horn of Valir is about to be uh, yeah. sounded. Yes, sir. You know, we're getting yes, we're getting ready. We're getting ready for that. So, just a lot of a lot of cool stuff here, you know. And then it's the holidays, right? So, yeah, <sighs> yeah, yeah, man. It's it's exciting. I'm I'm super pumped for all of that. Like over on hyperspace, like you say. I mean, we're less than a week away from the rise of Skywalker, which is going to be pretty cool. Uh, and then mm-hmm. here, you know, with the winds of winter news, is fantastic. And then you know, 2020, um, we're kicking off our our wheel of time. Uh, show so it is just it's a lot but it's fun and uh just just epic man i it's crazy because i i i drive around and i'll be in a galaxy far far away you know and then i'm riding the winds of time and then i'm back here having you know visions and dreams with brand trying to figure out what the hell's going on uh it's it's just it's wild dude it's 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 a lot of fun so yeah how you been how you been sir Ezra? you been dude. good man I do know. I'm, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, let's see here. What I'm trying to think. I've actually had a pretty calm weekend. I thought I was going to have a pretty crazy weekend, and I was going to go nuts, you know. And you know, I mean, two IPAs, and I'm just I'm a goner. You know what I mean? So wow. <laughs> and I, <laughs> but no, I, I I steered clear. Big holiday party coming up this week, actually at work, and uh, I, you know, work gets us down sometimes there's 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 ups and downs there whatever but uh and you guys have heard me i mean i'm i'm thinking about being done so just in general i want a podcast full-time who doesn't right uh i might just this might be one for the ages i might have the the christmas party and all christmas parties (laughs) so i don't know dude there's that coming up um got a couple i actually remember how we talked about this you have like a lot of holiday parties between like the time you know thanksgiving and then, oh my gosh man yeah. last year i think i went to like 16 and i was really i got really sick last year right um and so this year i was like ah, nope I'm not doing a, it yeah a, put putting a cap putting a cap on it today so yeah yeah that's so I, I yeah i've got a few um just different things and then i don't know it's just kind of funny like like d- during my my break i've got people who want me to go to, you know to this place to that place and go over here it's like Gosh dang! At the end of the day, I'm just going to do what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's it's crazy, but I've got like break ends up being just jam packed with all sorts of stuff you're supposed to do and get done and responsibilities. And it's like I just want to record, fly out to Portland, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Yeah, so. man. That's come on out. Yeah. That's. What I, that's we gotta we're gonna have to, we gotta do a, a Rise of Skywalker viewing. Um, you know, there's a lot of just a lot of stuff. I know going on right now. You know, know. so. So, all right, man. Well, I mean, are you ready? Let's dive in a little bit here. Yeah. Let's uh, let's 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 break bread, as as okay. they shall say. Yep. Um, although I can't, you know, because I'm on that keto business. So <laughs> yeah, right. I, 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 I'm not breaking <laughs> break it, bread, toss it away. Give it to the birds. Yeah, the you know, dog. I'll yeah. break some cauliflower <laughs> toast or something. But um, anyway, so a little bit. Saw this. Somebody posted it. Um, kudos to whoever posted it in the Facebook group. I'm sorry, I don't remember, but I immediately texted Sir Ezra, and it was I saw it also on Twitter. By somebody with the Twitter handle Sir Dunk the Lunk, I think they're part of like the Reddit community, and I almost want to say they're 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 part they're like friends with that Brendan Beefish guy. Oh, okay, yeah, um, sure. I think like I yeah I think so. I think it was them, but anyway, um, they said uh, after many years of apparently being squatted, the WindsOfWinter.com changed ownership on eleven twenty four. The IP address now points to a small 
hosting company outside Vancouver. The DNS uh, record, which I don't know what DNS is, it's mm-hmm. something to do with like your you know IP or. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, so I don't your thing. That, but yeah. I'm sure, you know, Jimmy, uh, you know, we got, we got Sir Jimmy and all these other people, they can tell us, or James, you know, they, right. can, they can tell us they're, they're more computer savvy than, than I am. But, um, anyway, it was updated, uh, as recently as this morning. This was a couple of days ago. Uh, somebody is getting ready to do something with this. So that's the winds of winter.com. So it looks like that IP address has been, you know, has changed hands. So everyone's saying, oh, wow, you know, like that's, that typically you'll see a lot of times when companies, because I follow video game news like really um, pretty heavily. And so yep. you'll always see like Nintendo, for example, when Nintendo wants to launch a new game or something, um, you'll see, you'll start to see IP addresses change because they're starting to secure, you know, the rights to all of these things or patents will be filed um, and you can kind of see, oh, um, this is what they're working on and stuff like that. And so that's kind of your first tell that something's going to happen mm-hmm. is, is, is some, is some of those things without, and there's certainly no announcement or anything like that, but it is now, I mean, could it just be that somebody bought the rights to it? Could it be that Gurr owns the rights to it and just renewed it or whatever? Um, yes, but it is just interesting to see that the winds of winter.com is, is, Somebody bought somebody's the IP address, you know, moved yeah. around or whatever. So I mean, that's well, uh, it's people were even saying that on George's own website, there's there's like uh, been some formatting changes and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like people are looking at it that closely. So mm-hmm. I yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome, man, and and it's exciting to think we we were kind of joking like, could you freaking imagine if Winds of Winter like you know dropped and and something happened? It would just be right crazy, right? And I mean, I, he is he himself has talked about. What, what how long it would take so the minute he's done with it he will send it to his editor he said that's like roughly a three-month process so i don't know if my guess is that he would not announce that it were done until the editor is done like i don't think he would say i'm done writing it's getting sent to the editor uh because if the editor sends it back you know they want to work on some more stuff then who knows how long that process is but he says from the minute his editor says it's ready to go, it's still at the earliest a three month process before it would even like come close to hitting shelves. Because then, you know, you can say, OK, we're ready to publish. You have to start getting books, you know, made, printed. Um, you have to start, you know, your talks with um uh, you know, like Walmart and Barnes and Noble, and sure. all, you know all these, all these, all these places, these these stores, retail. That's that's what I'm looking for, retailers, uh, to make store shelf. To the, okay, you we're gonna we're gonna have these books in, um, stuff like that, and then the actual publishing of the books, you know, getting them printed and all and all of that stuff, as well as you know you um you'd have like a a marketing campaign and stuff like that. So it wouldn't just be like, oh hey, it's done. You'll you'll see it tomorrow. There's it's a it's a quite a lengthy process but he said even from the moment it's done you're really looking at like six months before you know you would actually release it release it huh well well i guess it's time i guess if if it were to be i just want it to be announced i mean wouldn't that be a great christmas present like come on right is is he thinking about us is he it's and it's winds of winter like announce this bad boy in the winter right the winds of winter.com and so i'm i'm i should i'm gonna do a little search here actually and see if like what happens when I type in a clash of kings.com and all of these things, if they come up to something. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm gonna I was kind of wondering why, why would that be, 
you know, a thing. Like, like why is windsofwinter.com? I mean, it's like he's going to post stuff on his own, you know, website and everything still. I don't know that he's... Has, he, has, he, has there been a dedicated website just for, like, a book that they're going to... There normally is. Normally... Um, normally people, wow, a clash of com is for sale. Should we buy it? <laughs> oh my gosh. It costs. Okay. To buy a clash of com, uh, it costs uh, $2,000. Okay. So don't think we need that one. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody's just been sitting on these and they're, they're trying to sell them off. Make a little, make a little moolah. I got you. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I just need that there's activity and. Hopefully there's something. I don't really think there's there's much to it though. I don't, I don't know that they when you, when you release a new book that you that each book has its own website. Well, I mean, I don't know. A lot of a lot of things do that though. You'll see that with movies. Is, is when a movie's coming out, they'll buy the domain rights for that movie and then they'll later get rid of it or whatever. But certainly for that period of time, because people will search it, people will type in the Winds of Winter and then oh, here's the Winds of Winter dot com. Yeah. Yeah. So it might just be like a redirectional page or something like that. So they buy it and they just want to a lot of a lot of a lot of time a lot of times that is you see um uh during um if you remember back a couple of years ago during the um the campaign so the Republican campaign mm-hmm. um uh Donald Trump bought Jeb Bush's uh domain name expired like during his campaign and and trump and trump <laughs> bought it and so when he went to jebbush.com it redirected you to jay-z to, to donald trump i mean that you know <laughs> that's I mean, ridiculous that yeah but yeah i mean so like you know uh, politicians do that all the time you know like they as soon as as soon as they start running for whatever they will buy uh campaign and a, and a lot of, and they'll start buying that and then you'll see where in other scenarios too, you, the people will buy like a lot of different types of of names, right? That way, if you type it in wrong, it'll you'll get directed there. So, gotcha. Interesting. Well, um, yeah, I'd love to see or hear what uh, other folks are thinking about that. If there is any news out there, um, we'd love for people to bring it up, man. It seems. Uh, hey, man, you know excited. when when there's any winds of winter news whatsoever, we're gonna be okay. Let's let's take a look and see. But I mean, it's interesting. It's certainly interesting, and certainly, I mean, it could be nothing whatsoever. It could just be somebody who said, "Oh, I yeah. want to buy it and see if I can sell it for twenty five hundred dollars." But yeah, I mean, you never know. Right. Yep. Yep. I know. So, do you think it'll be announced in twenty twenty though? I mean, come on. I mean, I hope. I mean, it's been almost a decade since he <laughs> released the are, last are we just, book. Are we just done with uh, you know checking in on that kind of stuff? I don't know. Absolutely not. We're not done. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's see here. So up next, uh, let's see. We'll kind of continue to fill you guys in on some of that news. Um, the old uh, captain's report here, actually. And this week's captain's report is pretty interesting. So thanks again to Lord Robert for, for posting this. Um, is Lem Lemon Cloak actually Richard Lawnmouth uh, Rhaegar's squire in disguise? And um, l- uh, l- Lady... Uh, Gwynefer actually took this up. Uh, she's over at Radio Westeros, and there's a lot of people who have been talking about this in the Westeros.org form. Uh, some this basically this this theory, and uh, it's interesting. So overwhelmingly, we had the the response was no in in our group. Uh, we had a few people who were saying yes. 
Uh, it would be interesting, though, if, if this individual did turn out to be someone else who was closely associated with Prince Rhaegar and uh, was his, his squire. Uh, we know that uh, Miles Mouton was the squire before uh, Richard was, and uh, that these individuals were young men. Uh, they were his friends and his confidants there at court and were very close to him. So what we know about uh, Lem, Lem is traveling with the Brotherhood Without Banners, and he's commonly known as Lem, uh, Lem Lemoncloak. So, you know, the, the cloaks being similar and, and uh, so, some of their physical characteristics and things are, are interesting, and, and uh, it's just kind of interesting that maybe he might be related to this individual. That's a whole, I mean, there's there are theories on, on this. There are uh, people who are trying to discover his true identity. So we could maybe do um, a Patreon series on this alone. It's it's really interesting. He actually, uh, Lim hangs around. He stays with Lady Stoneheart, actually, when she comes back and he's there for uh, the hanging of of, uh, of Brienne. So, which is mm-hmm. crazy. He's yeah. still there. When others actually desert her and think she's gone a little, you know, bonkers, um, you know, Dundarian's squire uh, actually takes off and, and goes back home. But, uh, yeah, he sticks around and he's kind of, I don't know, he's kind of a uh, rough and tough dude, actually. So, uh, I don't know. It's just interesting. And he's he's got like a grizzled kind of, th- like his description, uh, he's got bad teeth, uh, bushy brown hair, uh, brown beard. He's known for being large. Um, he's got a hooded yellow cloak. He's fierce. He's got a, a soldier look to him. So big and brawny type of dude. Um, I don't know. Just maybe maybe the years have gotten to him or, or what have you. But uh, yeah, he sticks around through a Feast of Crows and interesting character. So maybe we'll do some follow-up on him him later. Yeah. Okay, real quick. Sorry that I, I don't want to change subjects back to what we were talking about. But the thing on Gurr's website, because I had to go look at it, um, is a... So Gurr updated his website like the same day that the DNS or whatever changed for windsofwinter.com. And what he added onto his page was a section that says next publication. Jesus. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying. Well, Coinc- hey, coincidence? Probably. Maybe. But I think. Maybe. But I th- mayhaps not. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who knows? I, it's pretty crazy. It's a pretty co- uh, crazy coincidence. And it, the the internet's blowing up. Twitter's going crazy about it. And so I thought, uh, wow, it's definitely worth us talking about, anyways. And and I would be super yeah. happy if that were the indicator that meant we're going to get a you know an early announcement here in in January or something. Um, to be be cool. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I just it's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. So. All right. Cool beans. Okay. All right. Well, um, so today's maester study here, um, I have something. We talked about this again uh, briefly, and this comes up quite a bit uh, in today's um, episode with the game that the the children play. Uh, but I'm going to reference here a, uh, a Reddit post here. Uh, this person's just kind of pointing it out in, in the way of um, Gurr's writing. He says, Gurr is an absolute genius for this mayhaps. Uh, in the second book, uh, uh, the author was on Reddit as House Heinsen, it looks like. Okay. Um, in the second book of A Song of Ice and Fire, Clash of Kings, we learn about a children's game called Lord of the Crossing. The rules are... The game must be played with some sort of bridge placed over water of some sort. One player, the Lord of the Crossing, um, stands in the middle of the bridge 
with a staff. When another player approaches, the Lord of the Crossing must say, I am the Lord of the Crossing who goes there. The player who approaches must then uh, present his reasons for crossing the bridge and why he should be allowed to cross. The Lord asks the player questions and makes them swear oaths. The player does not have to respond truthfully to the questions, but the oaths are binding unless the player says mayhaps quickly enough that the Lord does not notice. Then the player must attempt to knock the Lord off the bridge. The Lord can knock a player into the water at any time, and he is the only one armed with a staff. Only when the Lord is displaced can another player become the Lord, but when, um, but only if they said mayhaps in the game. Otherwise, it means immediate disqualification. So that's the game that they're going to be playing today. Yep. But if you go forward a little bit in the third book a storm of swords when rob and catelyn arrive at the twins for edmure's wedding they speak with the lord of the crossing himself there's fires waiting for you and hot mold wine and baths if you want them uh, lothar show our guests uh to their quarters i need to see my men across the river my lord rob says uh they shan't uh, they shan't get lost lord walter complained they've crossed before haven't they when you come down from the north you wanted crossing and i gave it and you never said mayhaps huh but suit yourself Le- lead each man across by the hand if you like it's not to me um you know so then uh later uh, he says you know my lord catlin had almost forgotten some food would be most welcome. We have uh, ridden many leagues in the rain. Walter Frey. Uh, mouth moved in and out. Food, um, a loaf of bread, a bite of cheese, mayhaps a sausage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's interesting. You know, and it's like, it's, it's such a small little, like they said it here in this book, a book later, you got to remember it. And you got, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, or yeah, a little bit later, I guess, in this book. Yeah. So, wow, cool stuff. So that's going to come up today. Um, also today we're going to have just a, a little discussion when we get to it about, you know, green sight, uh, green mm-hmm. dreams, wolf dreams, and tree dreams, and sort of like, you know, the difference between those. So I, I guess mm-hmm. really we've talked a lot about it, um, especially when we did follow-up Friday, but there's subtle differences, but there's a lot of similarities, and, and um, it's maybe sort of like the same type of ability uh just call different things sometimes uh depending on who you are or where you're from uh so we will we will talk about that because because um you know brand definitely experiences a few he's having some odd dreams and there's different types of dreams that brand has so that's important to kind of remember right so it's not always just Mm -hmm. there's a difference between the wolf dream and um like something that maybe the three-eyed crow um had put there or a tree dream so You know, he's got a lot going on, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, okay. All right. So we ready to dive into the uh, reread here, Sir Ezra? Yep, absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. Last week we were in Tyrion 1 where Tyrion had met with the small council and assumed his position as acting hand of the king. After dismissing the council, he and Cersei discuss all that has happened in King's Landing and Cersei grudgingly accepts him as hand. Later, Tyrion travels to the Broken Anvil, where he finds uh, Varys and has already discovered his mistress, mistress Shay. So this week, uh, we're into Bran 1. The last time we were with Bran was Bran 7 in A Game of Thrones. Bran and Rickon have the same dream about seeing their father in the Crypt of Winterfell. Maester Lewin takes Bran down to the crypts to show him his father is not there. 
They find Rickon already there. Then when they go back to the Maester's turret, where Lewin tells them about the coming of the First Men and the treaty with the Children of the Forest and the coming of the Andals, a raven arrives with the news of Lord Eddard's death. So today, Bran won of A Clash of Kings. Bran and Rickon have the same dream about seeing their... Oh, wait, did I put that in there? I did. Gosh dang it. I put the, I put the, I put the wrong thing in here. It's okay. I have oh, it pulled good. up here. Yeah. So uh, give me one second here. Uh, so today, excuse me, we are talking about uh, Prince Branstar contemplates the Red Comet and listens to the direwolves howling in Winterfell. Wondering about the reasons behind it all, he resents his broken body in the, an- uh, in the arrival of Big Walder and Little Walder Frey, whom he blames for Summer and Shaggy Dog being locked up. When he tells Maester Lewin about his wolf dreams, Lewin gives him a sleeping draught to stop the dreams, but that night he dreams he is Summer trapped in the Godswood. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so... Um, uh, as always, I'll read kind of the first little bit of the chapter here. Um, Bran preferred the hard stone of the window seat to the comforts of his feather bed and blankets. A bed, the walls pressed close and the ceiling hung heavy above him. A bed, the room was his cell and Winterfell was his prison. Yet outside his window, the world, the wide world still called. And uh, that is uh, really, I think, just a really good line if you want to start to describe where Bran's arc will go throughout the rest of this, uh, the rest Mm -hmm. of the story in in general, especially this, um, the books that we have, his arc uh, going forward, as we'll see here at the end of this, where he kind of goes into uh, summer, rewards kind of into him what and what he thinks are dreams but he's really just uh warging while he's sleeping which most of the stark children do at some point mm-hmm. um with the exception of sansa just because she loses her wolf so early but um yeah you know that's where he that it's it's i think it's far more significant for bran because one he's understanding what's going on and two he doesn't have the use of his legs and so for him it's he has almost he almost gets more enjoyment in life being in in summer, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, for sure he does, and and he's he's the one who we know kind of has the ability to, he, he well he can control you know going in and out and uh, right. of his his dire wolf, and so um, although they all might might have a trace of the ability or what have you or be connected in some way, he really is the one who's going to learn how to how to have command over it, and uh, it's interesting because you know here he's thinking. Uh, at, at the start of this, he's hearing the wolves howling, and he's wondering if they're calling, or if they're speaking, or if they're talking to him. Um, you know, Sir, Sir Roderick Cassell says, "You know, who, who can know the mind of a wolf?" Well, I'll tell you mm-hmm. who. All right, our good friend Brand can—that's for sure. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So he is again. So he's he's kind of looking out the window here. Um, some other good lines, you know, here he could not walk nor climb nor hunt nor fight with a wooden sword as he once had, but he could still look. He liked to watch the windows begin to glow all over Winterfell as candles and hearth fires were lit behind the diamond shaped panes of the tower hall. And he loved to listen to the dire wolves uh, sing to the stars. Uh, and then of, of late, he often dreamed of wolves. They're talking to me, brother to brother. He told himself when the dire wolves howled, he could almost understand them. Not quite, not truly, but almost, as if they were singing in a language he had once known and somehow forgotten. The Walders might be scared of them, but the Starks had wolf blood, Old Nan taught him. So 
though it is stronger in some than in others, she warned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, old Nan knows what she's talking about. Yeah. Jeezy cow. See, sometimes we talk about old Nan, we have theories as to who she may be or whatever. Um, is she someone from the South? It's sort of like, I just don't think she can be. Either that or she's just extremely old and she's been all around, has all these stories, but she seems to really know the North, you know, well and tell these, these great stories about just things that are happening here. And it's, I don't know. She's also small and like old and shriveled. And it's sort of like, you wonder mm-hmm. if she's like half a, a child of the forest almost, you know, like if there's some, mm-hmm. some other type of blood in her. So. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, there's, there are plenty of theories about old Nan, some of which we've, we've talked about um i think she's a i think she's a a player from another another song of ice and fire story but mm-hmm. there's certainly a lot of a lot of questions um surrounding her but you know it's interesting uh just what he says here you know what old nan told him the wolf blood is stronger in some than in others and you know one of the things that had we gotten the other prequel the, the you know blood boon or whatever whatever they were going to call it Longest night um, may have explored some older Starks. Uh, well, obviously, that would have possibly had Wolf's, you know, blood. I mean, that that could have also worked into Wolf's because it certainly doesn't seem like Ned or his siblings did that. Um, and you know, we don't we don't really hear in the histories of a lot of these other people, these other Starks that possibly had the ability to do that because it's you know just the way those histories are written. Um, whereas these, you know, it's, it's point of view chapters. So we get a little bit more of that, but you know, cause right now I don't know, we don't know of any other Starks that have had this ability, but certainly I would say throughout the histories, there have been some. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Um, you know, dude, this is, this is what's crazy about doing a reread. So I'm looking through here and mm. did you catch, so right above, uh, r- right right past where we had just read. So we start to talk about um, Bran is missing his brothers and sisters, and he wonders if the wolves are also missing their siblings. Mm, right? Yeah, so he's maybe. wondering if, um, you know, Grey, if they're missing... Um, he's Grey the, who's gone, and Nymeria, yeah. and Lady who is gone, gone. Yeah, Lady's Shade. Um, So... What is... So, you know, I just thought it was kind of interesting. Um, let me see. Let me go back here. George... I did a quick search for this. Talks about that when they reference Lady, um, just like as in like her shadow form, almost like beyond the grave mm-hmm. type of thing, which is oh, it, oh, it's definitely possible. Yeah, which which is pretty, pretty crazy. I just kind of thought that that was uh, interesting that he that he threw instead of just saying Lady, you know, they said Lady's shade. Um, mm-hmm. Does that mean like actual? It's capitalized and everything. So. Um, that that was a cool kind of thought, you know, and it makes you think because he, he says that he can almost think or know what the wolves are thinking. And then that is an italic. It's, it's italicized and it makes you think maybe that's maybe, maybe they are missing lady in that, in that regard or whatever. And they, in a, remember when, um, yeah, gosh. do they, do they want them to come home and be a pack together? Yeah. Yeah. Which God, so. you could take, you could take that line and make it, make it the line for the entire series. I mean, really that's the entire arc of the Stark family, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. come back and be a pack together. That's what, that's, that's the whole, like, that's their whole thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as, as, as go, as going forward. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, just interesting that they're so, so connected. They can tell when, um, when one of their pack is in trouble or one of them dies, they mourn, you know, it's just, it's, uh, 
It's interesting. Actually, and this is going to seem totally crazy, but it makes me think of uh, something, and I it makes me think of something in, in in Wheel of Time that I can't even talk about because Sir Matt's don't not, spoil it. Not, yeah, not, can't not spoil it for me. It. <laughs> but it has to do it has to do with wolves. I'll just say that. So okay. When you yeah. when you come to it. Well, you know, then so then we get to um, you know what you know Sir Roderick saying who can know the mind of a wolf? You know the the, the people around Bran are kind of just talking about um about the wolves. You know, uh, Farlan says it's it's freedom they're calling for. He's the he's the kennel master. They don't like being walled up, and who's to blame them? Wild things belong in the wild, not in a castle. Just like John at the end of the series. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Darn right. Yes. Yeah. They yeah, they want to hunt. Agreed. Gage the cook as he tossed cubes. Um, you know he's uh, he's making a stew there. You know, a wolf smells better than any man. Like as not, they've uh, they've caught the scent of prey. Mm. You know, so they're just they're just talking a little bit about about wolves and 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 their and their nature um, a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and so we we also have we known that the that the phrase were here before this that the. Yeah, I, I I think they don't they I think they come at the very end of do they yeah the, in the in the last chapter in the in the in the last chapter of uh, Game of Thrones yeah well now we see that they're annoying little gits you know what I mean exactly cheesy cow yeah ex- exactly but um well, real quick just before that um is when <sighs> Bran and Bran and Old Nan are are, are they're talking about the, the comet. You know, old Nan, uh, dragons. He'd be dragons, boy. She insisted. Bran got you know. So that's what they're. And Hodor says Hodor uh, when he when he he when knows he looks he, looks, yeah, he, 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 he definitely knows. Yeah. yeah. You know, we we still don't know actually. Yeah. The show the show didn't ever explain it. It no. was just it was just <laughs> it's just a comment, and it, a lot of people interpret it as right as something, but it could be could be anything. See, I, I this well, I think what's crazy, and I, I'm hoping I'm wrong about this, and it just can't be this way. But like, you know how like you get built up thinking you're you're gonna learn about like something that's super epic and super cool, and you're gonna get all these different details. And, and I, I don't think we're gonna. I think there's a lot of stuff that that is touched on that we're never gonna get wrapped up. That, that we're not gonna. Well, get. right. Yeah, and, and I, the comic. And the comic. Oh, excuse. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, no. I just the, like it's just, and not even just things like the comet because i get that the comet's just sort of like out there you know and it's it's could be anything right and that's a device but it's just like i I wonder like all this stuff i just there's there's so many different threads as i've mentioned for years there's so many different things to tie up and finish that it's right it's just kind of well i mean i'm thinking uh, that is what i'm thinking about with the comet i think it's just it is just a comet but it happens to come at a time in which a lot of things are going on but if you look around the histories there's a lot of stuff going on right mm-hmm. um and i think it's just it's just something that it just came at the right time where everyone is you know the realm is being completely ripped apart and everyone's viewing it as some sort of sign for yeah. for the for themselves cuz clearly you know if you look at the citadel and stuff it it seems like magic has been going on at least behind the scenes so sure. it's not like you know we talk about magic coming back. I mean now there's dragons that right. are coming back, and it's it's a much a much bigger deal. But um, I mean it could be it could mean something, or it could just be something that everyone interprets as a sign. Yeah, yeah, it, and that's again that's 
probably all it is. And that's not a huge one to sort of say like, oh, we're going to get some some wrap up on that. But just um, I, don't know, I was even thinking of Hodor, you know, and, and what we saw on the show, because I almost thought you were going to say and like, we really don't know. Like, do we really know? what's up with Hodor and everything and how like like how that happened is that going to go down the same way I mean mm-hmm. like right so oh I do think Hodor is going down the same way in the books you think so yeah well I, I 100% think, yeah I think there's going to be some but but you see how things oh god talk about season eight again like how they they just never come back and answer some of those those questions like we said about Rhaegar and Lyanna and things that you're sort of like well why did these yeah. things happen or or why you know, like we have all these theories about uh, characters who are there's a lot of characters who a- appear to be one person, but they're actually someone else. And I don't think that he's going to reveal all of that to us. I think it's just stuff that he's going to leave wide open for people to speculate and let it be a mystery. Uh, and maybe that's him kind of commenting on history itself and how sometimes we don't we don't know. There's still a lot of ancient relics and buried treasures and people who you know, did things that we don't know about in the histories, but we hear the stories and we uncover bits and clues and pieces along the way and, and stuff. So it's just kind of how he writes and it's sometimes mm-hmm. frustrating. It's like, I want to know it all, but, but he's not going to give it to you. He's going to make you really work for it. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So after that, um, let's see here. Uh, they're just talking They're They talking a little bit about the, of the, about the dragons. Um, well, the possibility of of the dragons. Um, and then uh, we move on over to uh, this is where they start talking a little bit about uh, what's the guy who's howling? You know, um, he said he's howling, howling at the wolves. Oh yeah, Br- Brand is just yeah, like just, right, yeah. So uh, Maester Lewin kind of comes up and and uh, one of the guardsmen realizes that that Brand is just howling like crazy in there. Mm-hmm. And, He's he's kind of lost it a little bit. He's trying to. Right, yeah. He's getting a callback from them, and uh, Mister Lewin at one point finally just gives up and and says, you know, um, fine, you know. Yeah, it sounded yeah it sounded stupid, high and hollow. Um, a little boy's howl, not a wolf's. Yet Summer gave answer. His mm-hmm. deep voice drowning out Brand's thin one. Yeah, yeah. So he's they howled together at last. You know, last of their pack. Yeah, and he tells them. So when when Mister Lewin comes up, he says, "I'm I'm talking to the wolves." Right, it's it's what he says he's doing. So, um, and I don't know. I have, I have to imagine too when you're cooped up there and you, he he can't walk around. He can't do the things that he that he once used to do. You got to figure out what to do with your time. And he has more time to mm-hmm. reflect and think on these things. And yeah, that would be kind of fun to have to to almost like play with the wolves, but like from your tower and call to them and stuff. Plus, he's mm-hmm. having some some wicked dreams. So. Yeah, he says, he says, when I sleep, I turn into a wolf. You know, then he asks, do wolves dream? So this is when we start talking a little bit about, um, you know, do do certain th- uh, things dream? You know, do men dream? Yeah, he says, all creatures do. Do trees dream? No. Well, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Brand, uh, yeah they do, Bran says, with certainty. The, they dream tree dreams. I dream of a tree sometimes, a weirwood like the one in the God's Wood. It calls to me. The wolf dreams are better. I smell things, and I sometimes I can taste the blood. Right. And so I think some people would say, like, is there, when you say wolf dream, is he actually having a dream, or is he actually just warging into his wolf, and he is one with his wolf out hunting, and that's where he can taste the blood, 
and, and, and all of that. It's like his mind is connected with the mind of the wolf and they are one together mm-hmm. versus the tree and the three-eyed crow seem to be individuals who are coming towards him. They seem to be trying to draw him into a vision or a dream or some type of communication. Um, it's not like he's, I guess, warging into them, if that makes sense. Right. So or, he, you know. right. So I, th- so when I think he, he, I think he's warging, right? Well, he's warging into summer at night, not really knowing what it is. And so he thinks it's a wolf dream. Mm-hmm. But then the dreams of the tree and the and the other dreams he has, like in Brand Three, um, those are green dreams. So those are actual. It's just like when you when you he goes up and he touches the tree, right? Or you know, just when he goes into a green dream, um, you know, when he becomes the three eyed crow or raven, and he can go into the past and and, and all of that kind of stuff. So. That's whether it's an actual dream or not, or that's just the name for what it is that he's the power he's using there or, um, you know, right. or being put into, you know, that's a that's the difference between a green dream and a warg. You know, the wolf dreams are just. It's just warging, but they just don't I don't think he just realizes what it is. Yeah. And so that's what I wanted to kind of draw uh, just a, a line there and, and talk about the difference a little bit, I guess. So to be a green seer, which we, we talk about, those were the wise men of the children of the forest. Um, mm-hmm. We know in the series that um, I think they, they call the um, they call Brendan Rivers um, the last green seer. And when he when we finally get way up there, he's someone who is in his throne is his his werewood throne or prison, whichever one you, you want to go with. Um, and he's able to kind of, you know, use his green sight, um, and he's a green seer, and he can he can use the Weirwood network to kind of uh, keep tabs on things, go back into the past, and, you know, all that all that good stuff. So that's slightly different um, versus warging, and so they're, they're two separate things, right? I mm-hmm. mean, even the, they even mm-hmm. say that skin changing is, is different uh, to warging. As well, so like the the warging uh, situation is a very special bond, uh, and only a few have the ability to kind of do that and to really um, connect w- with with a wolf in that mm-hmm. way, or a different creature, just depending upon you know where you're yeah. at. And it seems and it seems like warging you could warg into many different, um, many different animals, right? Yeah, it, it's it's more yeah, and but wargs are kind of like specific to um, like like just I I, I think they could, the difference is like you would say skin changing versus being um, a warg. So a skin changer um, who has the ability to enter the mind of a wolf or a dog is known as a warg. So they're kind of the same thing, except for like if you have that special extra ability to shift into a a wolf then you're known as a warg, I guess. So yeah, it's 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 a little bit it's a little bit confusing, but when we get to like Veramir and then mm-hmm. they talk about some of the the, the ability to to shape shift or, or uh change skins or whatever, um enter the mind of another animal and control its actions, it's very similar. It's just I think it's just a, a difference in title and name really. Like you're saying that that a warg is someone who is in particular in is very particularly like, associated with and close with 
um, a wolf. And it, they also somewhere I forget we did a whole thing on this, where like having a bond with with a with a wolf is different. It's almost like there are two minds working together versus you going in as a skin changer and shifting in and completely controlling like a hawk's mind. You right, know, or, 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 or a bird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's almost like you have dominion over that in, that that mind or that uh, uh, what have you as, as you as you shift into it. But like it's a little different. There's like a, a, an extra special bond that takes place between, you know, um, a man and a wolf or a dog or whatever. So I yeah, don't know what there's there's that distinction. And I think that's there's something special to that, I guess. Exactly. So, yeah. Now they do say so like it's just sort of weird. Let me let me let me read some of this. Is that OK? I'm just just so we go right ahead, man. All right. So we're looking at I just, I just put up the skin changer um, wiki page here and we've done this before, but they, they do a pretty good job on this. Um, let's see. The interactions between skin changers and animals' minds uh, influence both personalities with uh, detrimental effects to the human if the animal's influence is not fought. It is much easier for a skin changer to do so uh, if a bond exists between the two parties. An untrained skin changer may unconsciously enter the mind of an animal, especially uh, while sleeping, particularly if if a bond exists. It is traumatic if an animal is killed while its mind is inhabited by a skin changer. If a skin changer is killed while inhabiting a creature, a part of his consciousness will remain in the creature. Uh, The greatest skin changers were green seers, who among uh, many other things were also wargs. The greatest green seers could wear the skin of any beast. So you see there's kind of that hierarchy so you could have skin changers a lot of skin changers but very few of them uh were green seers and then even of the green seers you have like even less maybe who were who were also wargs too and who could enter um had a special bond with a wolf Mm -hmm. so you know it says the greatest green seers could wear the skin of any beast uh let's see according to hagen uh dogs are easy to bond with because they live in close proximity to humans and are trusting it becomes easier with time to enter a dog wolves are harder as one uh, has to forge a lasting bond much like a marriage birds are tempting but a skin changer may soon lose contact to the mundane things of earth and want only to fly so they say sometimes when you're in a hawk and things like that you can you can almost um uh, you you get lost in the bird. Essentially, you might stay in your hawk more often than you would stay in your 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 body. Um, cats are cruel and vain beasts and cannot be easily controlled; only forced. Elk and deer are are uh, prey whose skins can cause a man to become cowardly. So you can kind of see, depending on which beast you shift into, you might take on some of its traits or uh, mm-hmm. what have you. Uh, there, so. Uh, here we go. A couple other interesting points here. An unwritten code for free folk skin changers uh, is that it, it the, uh, this unwritten code forbids them to eat of human meat and to mate as wolf with wolf. Uh, seizing the body of another man is considered the worst abomination. To, so to shift into another man's body is considered to be terrible. And it's a, it's a very bad thing. Uh, let me go on here a little bit more. A couple more lines here. A skin changer can experience many deaths while in another body. It is only when the person's human body dies that the true death occurs. It is possible for th- for the warg 
to live a type of second life, a much simpler life inside the mind of an animal he controls. In the mm-hmm. second life, the skin changer's memory slowly fades until nothing of the man is left and only the beast remains. Skin changers and wargs are feared and honored by free folk um, while people of the Seven Kingdoms hunt them. So there we go. Just a little bit of history background. and background. Yeah, it is It is. It is kind of confusing and most certainly with Bran because Bran is a green seer and a warg. And mm-hmm. so it's like, hold it, you know, and then he also goes in and we see him in the show, yeah. you know, go into birds as well. And so it's like, you know, what's going on? Yeah, he shifts you know, into Hodor and everything. Yeah, ex- ex- exactly. So um, he, he doesn't know any better. So he he's seen anything wrong with he, that, really. Exactly. He's the most confusing, I think, because it's like, hold on a second. Is he a warg? Is he a green seer? Um, I think that's why he becomes the three eyed crow in the books, three eyed raven in the show because I think he's like the best mixture of it all. And so he's the most power, you know, that's what makes him even more powerful when he becomes the three eyed Raven and he can do things that the other three eyed Raven, you know, this is the show um, can't where he says, you know, we can't go back. We can't interfere with, with time. Well, it looks like brand can. So. Yeah. Right. Right. So he's, he's, he's above in a way. I mean, he's sort of like someone who is, um, yeah, he's he's more right, and, and I think that that is sort of why it is it is rare to have someone who would be like the children of the forest. Right, they had their great green seers, and they had um, there were markings and and stuff that kind of indicated that they would be um, a green seer. What's what's crazy is the theories that are out there later on with Jojen. You get the idea that may, he he looks more like a what like a a true green seer than than Bran actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so what's up with that? But yeah, so it is sometimes hard with brand to kind of figure out because he, he has to, he has to decide who does he want to be? Like, like what path is he going to take? I mean, he's advised to sort of like, do you follow the three eyed crow? Do you stick to the tree dreams? We did a really good Patreon. I think it was Patreon episode or maybe it was on the main Mm -hmm. feed where we kind of broke down what was actually happening when brand does meet the air quote, you know, three eyed crow, um, None of the children, nor uh, <laughs> the last green seer, know what the hell he's talking about. They have no idea who, who, who the three-eyed crow is. When, when he's, that, that's not something that they even acknowledge. Right. They, just, they don't even know. They don't. They don't even know what yeah, it is. Right. So that's still a mystery, um, and it's you kind of wonder. So he's is he given dreams and visions? Is there someone else trying to make contact with him? Later on, there's a really crazy thing where people, you know, you kind of talk about Bran reaching out to his brother John. Um, is he reaching out through like John will have a dream and he's, he's in, he's in ghost. And so that's a whole interesting, uh, chapter, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about when we get there. But yeah, man, it's, 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 um, you gotta keep, it's, it's a lot to keep track of. And actually, if you go to the Citadel, um, dot, uh, well, let's first start with Westeros.org, but then there's, I think there's a section in here called the Citadel where they have a list of all the prophecies and the dreams and and they're all trying to like track like and classify what dream is what you know is is it a wolf dream is it a tree dream is it a three-eyed crow dream it you know what is it a dragon dream for crying i mean we have those too danny danny goes through that mm-hmm. yeah, uh, she does. so that's a whole other thing as well so and all the are those all classified as like green sight and in green dreams it's still a little hazy and you got to kind of kind of figured out I'll, I'll see if i can find like put a link to that that podcast that we did where we discussed that because we did a lot of research on that and i just don't have it in front of me but uh it was it was good 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, okay. So after that um, is when we start to, that's when we start to play the game, right? You know, um, yeah. uh, you know, this is when the, the, the phrase come up, you know, howling lost its saver once Bran was alone after time he quieted, um, you know, and this is, you know, when the when the Walters of the had arrived from the twins, it had been Rickon who wanted them gone. A baby of four, he had screamed that he wanted mother and father and Rob, not these strangers. It had been up to Bran to soothe um, soothe him and bid the phrase welcome. So he offers a meat and meat, um, and then after that is when they you know they start to play a game. So it, again, it talks a little. We described this game a little bit here. Um, before when we were talking about the mayhaps thing so it says you know the game was played with a log um a staff or a body of water uh there's a great deal of shouting but the water was most important walder and walder because they're both named walder Frey, assured uh, brand you could use a plank or even some stones or even a branch could be your staff you don't have to shout but when the but without water there was no game <laughs> because i guess you know if yeah. you you gotta have the crossing I mean, it could be a crossing over a cliff, but I guess the Freys are too scared to play that game. You know, that, that's where right. they, yeah, <laughs> I, I, they play it out in the Erie, too, but they're a little more uh, hardcore out there, I suppose. But right. um, so, you know, so they they, so they went off searching to find a stream um, and they and they do. So basically they start they start playing. They start they start playing the game. Um, you know, again, the I'm Lord of the Crossing who goes there and they have to say mayhaps. That's the whole point of the game. Um, you know, so, so he says in, in practice, the game seemed to come down to mostly shoving, hitting and falling into the water, along with a lot of loud arguments about whether or not someone had said mayhaps. Little Walter was the Lord of the Crossing more often than not. He was Little Walter, even though he was tall and stout with a red face and big round belly. Big Walter was a sharp faced and skinny and a half foot and a half a foot shorter. Um, he's 50 do, 52 days older than me, Little Walter explained. So he was bigger at first, but I grew faster. They're cousins, not brothers, you know, because there's uh, like 100 Walter Freys w- walking around. So um, we learned just a little bit more. We learned a little bit more about them. And they actually, they stay in John's old bedchamber. You know, since John mm-hmm. was in the Night's yeah. Watch and never coming back, Bran hated that. Right. Made him feel as if the Freys were trying to steal John's place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he says he watched wistfully while the Walters contested with uh, Turnip, the cook's boy, and uh, Joseph's girls, Brandy and uh, Shira. Um, the Walters had decreed that Brand should be the judge and decide whether or not someone had said mayhap since he can't play. But as soon as they started playing, um, they forgot all about him. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, yeah. So he does. He sits there and we, we get into some of this uh, stuff about mayhaps and, and what a big deal it is and just mm-hmm. like what a tricky thing i mean so you can just say that word and that means like you didn't really like yeah who made i mean that rule i don't know it's to me it seems like a pretty stupid game you know i mean See, yeah it because seems like a bunch of you know deception and so just be a man of your word okay right so you just have to say well here's what i am you know i'm gonna try and cross this river mayhap so i can do this like it seems like you're, you'd be you'd have to pay so much attention to attention to detail that, yep them saying mayhaps and then you still have to knock them into the river so you mm-hmm. know first of all i mean let's forget about the whole mayhaps thing the whole point of this game is to pretend to let somebody cross your river and then knock them into the river i mean that should be your telling time your telling sign right there that the phrase are not to be trusted mm-hmm. okay yep. 
I mean, hey, I mean, forget forget about the whole mayhaps deception thing. It's like, hey, we have we play this game that we learn as kids where we're going to say, oh, yeah, you can cross our river and then we knock you in. I mean, that to me should be like, oh, if you're Rob Stark, uh, this is bad news. Okay, (laughs) I I mean, (laughs) bad news bears, man. Like and you wonder, too. So this is probably like a local game to I mean, to to the phrase to to the phrase. Yeah, it's not something Mm -hmm. that they that anyone else maybe plays outside of the crossing. It's something that they mm-hmm. developed and it's like, at what point is that? I don't know. I just odd that that's a, that's a, that's a game that they mm-hmm. would, there's no honor in it. It's just sort of a dishonorable type of trick, a tricksy, uh, you know, game. So, yeah. So, um, what ends up happening is Rickon starts playing and then Hodor seems like he wants to play. And then, you know, Obviously, Hodor can't play, but uh, Rickon Rickon decides that he likes the Walters because he plays a couple of games with them. Uh, but then, ultimately, it doesn't go very well, right? No, it doesn't. Uh, so, I mean, that's the thing. Like, they kind of forget about the Direwolves for a second, and um, this is when you kind of realize that uh, R- I think Rickon's up there, right? And he's he's getting hit or whatever. He's mm-hmm. something something's going down. Uh, game's not going the way that the dire wolves expected it to go. They don't like right. these phrases. Yeah, exactly. Well, Bran gets a little upset because Rickon becomes friends with him. You know, he he shows them, um, he even shows them the tomb in which Bran says, you know, you have no right. That was our place, a Stark place. You know, but Rickon doesn't really care. Um, uh, let me see here. This, then, then it goes, goes back to a little bit about Bran um, giving his o- OSHA gives OSHA and Maester Lewin gives him some sleep so he can sleep a little bit more here. Um, and then Bran goes into a dream, right? Yep. Yeah. And so then he goes into basically a, a wolf dream, um, you know, or excuse me, not a wolf dream. A, he yeah. goes into a, a green dream. Yeah. This is where it's kind of weird. So you ask about trees and whether tree, trees, you know, could, could uh, dream um, beforehand. And, and he's wondering, like do he even ask if the dead dream or er, er, you know early on and he you know mr lewin's sort of like well um some say yes some say no but the the dead themselves are are uh they're quiet on the matter <laughs> which is kind mm-hmm. of funny right uh so yeah so so he gives him the drink he drinks the potion um just to get some sleep right and this is supposed to actually keep the dreams away was sort of it was supposed to be like a he was supposed to get like a dreamless kind of sleep I think, so mm-hmm. he says come the morn you'll feel better, um you know and then uh, Osha lingered there and says is it the wolf dreams again he nodded, uh and she said you should not fight so hard boy I see you talking to the heart tree might be the gods are trying to talk back, the gods he murmured Dr- you know he's already kind of getting tired, mm-hmm. um. And uh, so, so he's thinking sweet, dreamless sleep. She's getting kind of blurry. Yet when the darkness closed over him, he found himself in the godswood, moving silently beneath the green-gray sentinels uh, and the gnarled oaks as old as time. I am mm-hmm. walking, he thought. So in this dream, he's actually, he's, he's walking. Um, part of him knew that it was only a dream, but even the dream of walking was better uh, than the truth of his bedchamber, walls and ceiling floor. Uh, it was dark amongst the trees, but the comet lit his way, <laughs> which is interesting, uh, and his feet were sure. He was moving on four good legs. 
strong and swift. He could feel the ground underfoot, uh, the soft crackling of fallen trees, thick roots, and hard stones. Um, the smell filled his head, alive and intoxicating. Um, he could he could uh, get the scent of squirrel, made him remember the taste of hot blood and the way that bones would crack between his teeth. Um, he had eaten no more than half a day past, but there was no joy in dead meat, um, even a deer. Uh, he, he could hear the squirrels chittering, and, and he could hear the rustling above him, uh, safe among their leaves, but they, but they knew better than to come down to where his brother and he were prowling. So he's in his wolf, right? He's, he's having, mm-hmm. he's, he's again, has um, warged. So, again, maybe that potion would, would cause someone to not have dreams or whatever, but it, that's really not what's happening. He's, he's warging into his, his, uh, his wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and also Shaggy Dog is there too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's mostly how, and, and that's, that's mostly how this, this chapter ends, uh, is just with him, you know, in, 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 in that dream. It's actually, I think it's the, it's, it's not this, uh, well, don't they don't the phrase I know that it does they does say they get attacked here, but I think it's another chapter where they get like really attacked, isn't it? Don't they get attacked like pretty yeah. brutally? They, well, they, yeah, they think I think they play that game again. Uh, yeah, yeah, they they might. I mean, because that was the big thing is that Shaggy Dog is sort of the one who uh, right he knocks he knocks he gets him, in he trouble knocks him in the water right yeah yeah. But yeah. I think I think in, I think in another chapter he like really uh, now I'm blanking, but regardless anyway. So they end up. Uh, he goes into the dream, and that's kind of the end, that's kind of the end of 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 this chapter. Yeah, like like I think the last um, paragraph here for this chapter, he's uh, they're going around, they're actually lifting their leg, and they're marking the trees. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, so the, it's just kind of funny that they're going around pissing on the weirwood trees. Um, the world had tightened around him, uh, but beyond the walled wood still stood the great uh, gray caves of Man Rock. Winter fell. Mm-hmm. He remembered the sound coming to him suddenly. Beyond its uh, sky-tall man cliffs, the true world was calling, and he knew he must answer or die. So or there die. you go. right? That's yeah. that line repeated again, that the, the world was calling, um, the greater world out there. And so he's got to answer that call. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, it's kind well, of a straightforward chapter. I mean, it's 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 just sort of they, they discuss the dreams. Osha's kind of saying mm-hmm. it's the gods calling to you. You know, you get the mayhaps bit in there with the phrase, um, mm-hmm. the direwolves being, yeah, being direwolves and doing what they do, uh, kind of getting them in a little bit of trouble. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it's really again, it's some world building. The phrase are going to be a much bigger part of the story going forward. It's another. We also get that other perspective of the comet, which again, I think, builds that little arc and you know Stannis sees it as one thing Daenerys sees it another you know everybody sees it as kind of as its own thing so yeah absolutely so um all right sir Ezra well let's move on over to some ravens we have uh I think we have two ravens today yeah 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 we do um we do we've got uh let's see here Lady Raj I believe is up first Mm mm-hmm uh, so she sent us one. She uh, let's see this. I think it, I think this has a theory. Yeah, it's got a rabbit hole um, in mm-hmm. it. So who knows where this is going to take us? And I have not read this yet. So um, let's let's see what we see what we have here. So hey sirs, uh, when I saw when I saw the iOS rabbit hole post, I was so excited because I've had this vague thought that I've p- 
put together over the past few weeks. I've been reading and listening into theories more and more centralized around people pretending to be to being other people. Great. That's great because it's what this whole series yeah is about. Um part of what it's about, I guess. Uh for a real world example, take uh Mance for Rattleshirt slash Bale the Bard. Um my most favorite swap, the one that I know the least about as far as justification goes, is that Danny isn't actually the Mad King's daughter, but rather the lost daughter of Ashara Dane or something. Wow. Right. Yeah. Which which there yeah, a lot of people I mean so, <laughs> that's a big one. So it's it's funny because it's like it's sort of the opposite of what you know John uh, does. We don't know anything about him, but he really could be actually like true royalty. And she, on the other hand, is brought up to be she, to believe that she is royalty and that she is you know the a prince a lost princess and and queen to be or whatever and may may not be actually. So people have kind of drawn drawn that out and, and looked into whether that's possible uh something that tipped me more towards ha- uh that tipped me more towards halfway buying this theory was the fact that germ has stated that danny's survival of the flames slash birth of her dragons was a magical feat something crazy that can't be repeated almost a crazy fateful uh fluke in the laws of reality uh, or a result of magic being reborn into the world Exactly how totally out of the ordinary was this feat? Like on a scale of 1 to 10, is it a 5 or a 6? Um, because Danny may be a Targaryen, but it's uh, shit's nuts nonetheless. <laughs> uh, or is it a 10 out of 10 crazy feat? Because if Danny is made up of any kind of Targ blood in her pedigree, it's the tiniest shred uh, that made it happen to her instead of someone else. So, um, except like barely, you know, by the skin of her, um, her teeth. Let's see. And on this train of thought, what a wild thing for Gurm to do by just tossing Danny's death in by her somehow convincing herself and others that the answer is to walk straight into the fire again. Uh, but then the entire thing falls to pieces as we find out, uh, that through her point of view that she is not in fact, flame retardant maybe someone pulls through in time uh, for once and reveals her actual pedigree to her to try and justify uh, her to end her pursuit of the throne or something and then Danny possibly uh, headstrong after some bloody awful but entirely uh, but entire victory using a devastating amount of dragon fire is like quote no way I'm definitely full of Targaryen watch this Q, uh, Tyrion, the actual Targaryen, question mark, because that leaves at least a dragon or three without their mother. Someone would have to step up quickly. I guess in short, the rabbit hole um, I'd love to hear you guys go into would be the chances of Danny not being a Targaryen, uh, and in that case, who is she? And regarding the post on Lamor, might that be Lady Ashara, uh, Danny's real mother and most perfect person in this case to vouch that she isn't a full Targaryen. Uh, I also super dig the idea of um, Lem uh, or even Mance being Sir Arthur. Uh, I like to think that Gurm's writing has definitely evolved with the fandom's research and uh, meticulous eye for detail. I mean, how could he not be evolving? 
some of these theories and uh, analytical works done through the fandom are really quite uh, articulate. I kind of imagine I imagine him on Reddit playing uh, a Song of Ice and Fire God by picking a storyline or detail here and there uh, directly from the completely obsessed reader that he created in the first place. Um, wow. That would be wild, right? He's he's mm-hmm. actually reading stuff on Reddit. And he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he yeah, says he go. says that he 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 writes on a computer that doesn't that isn't connected to the internet. But I mean, that doesn't mean he's oh. not using the internet at other points in time. Yeah, yeah. I've actually heard him say somewhere that he he read something or read a theory online, and he was like, they got it. That's it. They nailed it exactly. And that, whether it was like about the whole thing or John's identity or whatever. Um, Somewhere at some point in time, I think I heard that. So, anyways, as you know, I'm a huge fan of the cast, and I'm thrilled um, you're no longer under siege. Keep up the fabulous work. Uh, loving Patreon, Lady Raj, Mistress of Horse. P.S. If I can find a Lance uh, slash someone yeah, who can help us make one, we can totally ride at rings when y'all make it to the Kingdom of the Pines. Yeah, so that would be us, uh, you know, kind of on horseback. Could you imagine being on horseback and... And just with a lance, and wow, you know, I mean, it's gonna happen at some point, but it's yeah, scary. It's it's scary. It's scary. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) oh my gosh. Um, On a side note, I'm totally writing this uh, as my main uh, mare Gretchen plays with my hat, and I've thought uh, of my sigil: a knight on a bay horse at a gallop with a long, thin uh, poplar pine tree as his lance. Uh, you are by no means required to read this part. Okay, gotcha. Well, it's pretty well, freaking we cool. Did. We yeah. did. So, yeah. Um, so sincerely, that weird horse girl. Yeah, who grew up and started reading more. Wow, Lady Perfect. Raj. Perfect. That's awesome. Um, yeah, the idea that Daenerys might not be a Targaryen. No, we've talked about uh, some. You know, there's certainly some arguments that could be made that Daenerys is the daughter of Rhaegar and Lyanna. Um, there is, I haven't heard the argument that she is the daughter of Lamor slash Ashara Dane, but it's, it could, it's plot. I mean, it's, there's certainly a scenario in which that could happen, right? When Ned goes to Starfall, you know, some people think, you know, if Lamor is Ashara Dane, well, then it does look like she's had a child. So who is that child? Mm-hmm. Um, that a lot of people, a lot of the people that are in the Ashardane is the daughter, or is the Ashardane and Ned Stark are the um, parents of John, would point to John, but I mean, it's possible that it's not, it's Ashardane and someone else. So, I mean, there's certainly some plausibility, and then Ned getting all defensive of Robert not killing Daenerys, right? You know, if he loved Ashardane, maybe he feels the same way about that child, you know, as we see him. You know, Ned, or obviously John's his his um, nephew, right? And he's masquerading yeah. him around as his uh, as his son. Well, I shouldn't say automatically, right? I mean, it's in the books; it's still totally plausible. But so, I mean, there's there are definitely situations in which Daenerys could be not a you know Targaryen, not um, the daughter of the Mad King. So there is certainly some some arguments that you could make for that. Yeah, I think one of the things that people mention a lot of times is that her her mother had had so many miscarriages and, you know, the fact that she had her, she was kind of sickly and that she had her in a great storm under a lot of stress and, 
you know, all these different circumstances. She's sent away from King's Landing, and it's like, holy cow, how did somebody who had this much trouble um, giving birth to, like, a second son end up having, you know, an, an, another daughter? Um, so there's a little bit of that. There's also... Um, there's when they when we talk about like lemon gate or the 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 lemon trees and and the red door and all that kind of stuff you know people kind of point towards instead of gosh where does he I'm trying to think where the beggar king is taken um at at the you know when when they're um kind of they're under siege right and and they're taken away i i think some people have hinted that maybe where they said they were at or where they told um, the series he was at was not actually the place he was. Right. And they right. might have been raised elsewhere. And maybe perhaps Dorn took them in. Uh, like in, in a, but not, I'm trying to think, even like just in a, where where did they? Where didn't they? Where, do you remember where they, where they actually they, took well, them? Were they, when, when they, when they flee uh, Dragonstone. Dragonstone? Yeah. Well, they go, they go over to Essos and I think they're, they're, they're wandering, they're mostly wandering around quite a bit. But I think ultimately, uh, initially, they are taken in by Illyrio, aren't they? And Illyrio kind of yeah. oversees, yeah. Yeah, one sec here, because I think that it's, there's something. Um, I'm just blanking on the guy's name here. Sir William William Derry. Yes, William Derry. So, mm-hmm. in his story, like he like wherever he takes them, does it tell us? Let's look him up real quick. Like, does it tell you where exactly? He in Bravos. Right in Bravos, and that's sort of, and that, that's the whole thing, right? Is that in Bravos, that would not be where you would get lemon trees. Exactly, yeah, the house with the red door. Thank you. Okay, there we go. So that's where she—that's her earliest memories, right? That's what she considers home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there's some. So what's what's the disconnect with that? It was she actually raised elsewhere, and then then you have the secret pact between um, Dorn and the Targaryens and the, and the marriage alliance. And that's sort of why Quentin goes down to try to renew that with Daenerys, the whole nine yards. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's, there's a chance, but it's sort of a, I don't know. It would be, uh, it would be tough to kind of, because she's having a lot of stuff, like a lot of different dreams about like her brother. And she's being told these different things about, you know, uh, Rhaegar even, and looking up to him, admiring him and all this kind of stuff. And she goes to, uh, the house of the undying and has those visions and stuff. So it's a little, it's, it'd be a little much. And then she's super connected to the dragons, mother of dragons, Mm -hmm. but is it possible? I guess it's possible, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's totally possible. Yeah. So here, let me just read this from the, from the wiki here. So just so we have the, the context. Uh, Viserys and Daenerys lived under Sir William Derry's protection in a house with a red door in Braavos. While they lived in Braavos, William signed a secret marriage pact with the Prince Oberyn Martell of Dorne, with the Sea Lord of Braavos as a witness, agreeing that Viserys would take Princess Arion Martell, daughter to Doran Martell, the Prince of Dorne, as his bride in exchange for Dorne support, supporting his claim for the throne. However, Viserys was never made aware of the pact, as he was an immature child when it was decided he would not be ready for the information. William fell ill five years after fleeing from Dragonstone, however, and eventually died. After William's death, the servants stole what little money the children had, leaving Viserys and his sister impoverished. They were put out of the house in Braavos soon after. Viserys and Daenerys began to wander the free cities. This is where they wander around and around and around, until ultimately they, they run into um, you know, Illyrio Mopatis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so the whole point is if you're going to try to make the case that Danny is not a 
Targaryen, you have to kind of look at, well, her memories, her recollections of where she was, and then Sir William Derry's exactly. account of where he took them and how those contradict each other. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean she's not a Targaryen, but that's fishy, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, then you look at how difficult it was for her mother to have children and maybe, you know, the odds of, of that, uh, yeah, that, that would be... It seems like she might be past the age for childbirth and, and had had trouble in the past. So why is it that now she she has this child with a storm raging around her, the everything that's happening? And then also, you know, Shara Dane has lost a child or a child was taken from her or something. Um, and we, we even know, too, that, uh, you know, Shara Dane was a part of court. She was there. Uh, with Elia Martell and was one of her handmaidens for a, for a time before she left mm -hmm. and and things. So there's just a lot of things people try to make um, make the case that she could be someone different. I, I just think it's it's hard because of the dragons, you know. But right. again, Raj's point is, is that maybe you know George kind of said that that was just a rare bit of magic. You know, that that was just sort of it, maybe the stars were aligned. And, well, there's some blood magic performed, right? You know, what I mean yep. with with um mir mazder right there mm -hmm. so i mean are you there again there you could there is certainly some an argument could be made because of the events that are surrounding that one specific event mm -hmm. yeah well it's like the idea is as you said yeah she sacrifices her i mean she uses you know her body and that and, and giving her to the flame uh which is a very relore thing to do right so there's that mm -hmm. connection so which which is it it actually kind of muddies the water i think we originally look at that and we just say well it's it's danny she's a targaryen um right. the, the dragons awoke but it's like you got blood magic there you know you're you're and that's tied to the god of relore um or, or his faith or whatever you want to call it and then you've got danny who is maybe a targaryen or who we believe is a targaryen with um with that blood and who is a little bit resist you know like heat doesn't hurt her like it should mm -hmm. exactly so, yeah so yeah i mean again it's yeah i mean it's certainly something to consider certainly something to uh i mean to take a look at because there's certainly it, some there you there's definitely probability for that yeah and the only other people that that she like if you look at like houses and and uh if she wasn't a targaryen and you had to fit her in with somebody else just like when you had like the the dragon seeds, you had the people who were called to see if they could bond with a dragon. You had to have some sort of connection to ter to like Targaryen blood, um, and so you look at the houses who maybe would house, be related. House, Valer house Valerion, yeah, yeah, you know, or or even I mean, like the, like the Danes, if they have a connection to um, the Targaryens, is there some of that blood there too, to kind of um, warrant the fact that she's able to bond with those dragons and and connect with them in that way and they didn't just like you know kill her uh and l l like they did quentin i mean so yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah all right well um who is this this next one oh it's from maglum right yes yeah, from maglum okay i'll read this one uh greetings my good sirs i do hope my raven finds you well uh and happy as the resident uh arcanist of the podcast um, I thought I'd take it upon myself to analyze the naughty subject of King's blood and what it has to do with blood magic as a whole. So I'm going to put my thesis statement up front. There is no unique power in King's blood. There is power, but it is not unique to Kings and royalty. 
Instead, I suggest that the power that fuels blood magic comes from faith and belief and more people who believe in the importance of an individual and the more strongly they believe, the more power is gained from their sacrifice. As Lord Baelish said, power resides where people believe it does. Um, He's uh, paraphrasing there. Um, but he says people often believe that in the power of these uh, of their sovereign and so king's blood na- uh, normally holds great power, leading to their source of the power being misconstrued as being lineage based. This rule ac- uh, actually applies pretty well to all cases of blood magic that we see. Mir Mazder creates a horrific scene and saves Drogo from certain death. Uh, her sacrifice was Rego, the stallion who mounts the world, a figure of Dothraki legend and the son of the strongest call in their known history. Even unborn, he has a legend that grants him power as a sacrifice. Danny hatches dragon eggs, something uh, long thought impossible. She brings stones to life. Her sacrifice was Mira Mazdur, a magi feared horribly by the largest Kalasar in Essos who um, subverted destiny and killed the stallion who mounts the world. An incredibly powerful sacrifice, both in how strongly she's feared and by how many. Uh, Melisandre creates a shadow assassin to kill Renly, a more straightforward feat by comparison, but she doesn't outright kill Stannis, and um, I would argue that the belief in him is less widespread. Yet those under Melisandre and Selyse's influence believe in him very strongly, but the number is limited. Luckily, that magic is straightforward, a successful ritual either way. Now there is some spells that fail. Melisandre's leeches ritual to kill the other kings. Now, many would argue that this succeeds, but it is not a direct act of magic that killed any of them. Rob was killed by his own mistakes, as was Joffrey, and the two, and they upset too many people and got murdered for it. So, I don't think Melisandre can claim credit for them. Really, Balon is more debatable, but the show at least directly uh, attributes his death to Euron, which may be the case in the book as well. And Euron is a wild card at the least. This ritual failed because whilst Gendry is the son of Robert Baratheon, no one really believed in him being anything important at this point. His blood has no power because no one believes he has any. The most well-known example of failed blood magic, however, is the sacrifice of Shireen Baratheon. Shireen, despite being Stannis' daughter, is thought of consistently as being ugly, weak, and worthless. People are terribly cruel to her. They dismiss her constantly, so her sacrifice can't drive back winter, as Melisandre hopes, because no one believes she has any value. I really think that this trend explains how blood magic works, but my theory is still in work. What do you guys think? Uh, Truth Cup's deepest, Maglum the Warlock. Yeah, I mean, uh, I actually really like it. Mm -hmm. I I think it's it's pretty cool. I mean, uh, yeah, you still kind of, because you have to explain, right? How does Danny like? Like we just had the conversation there with Raj, like like the dragons. What takes exactly. place there? The, is it just what type of magic and what powers are at work? Um, is it the blood magic? Is it uh, Danny herself? What is the who know? Whatever the the comet. But then you've got Melisandre using the leeches, and yeah, it didn't didn't really work, did it? I mean, it's. You've got I, other I don't know, man. I think it. I I mean, I think it does work. I, I think just because I don't know could they have died as well? Yes or no? It, it just it's muddy though. Yeah, it's it's, it's really it is muddy. it is it is muddy. But your your request is simply that mm-hmm. these people die. Well, yep. then they die. They die. So I mean, yeah. who's to say that it's just who's to say it's not like if you if you're if you're if what you 
there are many ways to get what you want, right? It's like your ultimate, it's like there are many paths to the top of the mountain, right? But the view is always the same. doesn't matter how you get there. You can climb it. You can take, you know, you can take a helicopter to the top of the mountain. Once you get there, it's all, it's the same, same view, no matter how you get there. So I think, you know, if your goal is just simply that these people die, well, I mean, what's to say that the God just didn't choose different ways? I mean, it's not like they're just pulling all the strings for you. They're pulling the strings for all these different people. Yeah, I mean, because if somebody does blood magic, I mean, on the other side of the continent, and it's counter to what Melisandre, you know, wants exactly. or, or does, or what, you know, like like whose will wins out there? I mean, like does blood magic on one end of the you know continent contradict or you know um, whatever? It's it's tough to say. It's also you know had had one of them died of natural causes, you'd be like, ah, eh, I don't know. But the fact that they are you know, all kind of come to untimely deaths. You're sort of like, well, shite, there may be something to that. But at the same time, what we have seen, we have seen her magic work directly. It's a shadow spawn creature that shows up that seems really mystical and actually goes in and kills Renly. So you're like, well, crap. And then when you see that, you start to think, okay, well, if that's real, then maybe this other blood magic that she did later on is real. But then, it, it, you know, because if we would have seen that first, I guess, if we would have seen like the... The, the leeches, that whole bit, um, mm-hmm. play, play out first, and then we would have saw the shadow spawn creature. Yeah, we might have like not believed that the leeches were a big deal. We might have thought, ah, maybe, you know, right. it's not. It's just coincidence, or we could maybe we could we could see that uh, the Queen of Thorns was was doing something, and Baelish was was work, had had a hand in it, and Euron's coming back doing doing whatever, and Tywin's working with Lord Frey, and it's a you see what I'm saying? Like like some exactly. of those things. So so it is it's it's muddied on purpose because we're not meant to really know uh in true whose power it was or whether it was power that, that had anything to do with it, which is crazy. So I think it's a good it's it's good to point out. I mean, um, you know, the whole Shireen Baratheon thing um is is kind of uh crazy to think about, right? And it, and, and we did talk about like what is King's blood? Is it just Anybody who could be king, like Robert Baratheon, is not actually, I mean, he's king, but, like, is it just because, like, was his blood, was his was his blood magical before, or did it just turn magical when he became king? Exactly, right, and then you if know? you just name yourself king, so is Mance Raider's blood worth anything, because he's king beyond the wall, is right. John's blood, because he has a claim to the throne, I mean... Yeah, I mean, is Dan is Daenerys's blood worth anything? Because it's just Targaryen blood, exactly. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on the on the, um, I, yeah, I'm 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 with you and kind of Maglum on the idea of king's blood, um, because anybody could just name themselves king and then suddenly, you know, I don't think their blood becomes more or less powerful. I do like his argument though about the belief. I think that's, um, that's definitely that's definitely pretty cool and a pretty good idea. I mean, that's how a lot i mean a lot of things gain power is 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 through belief but i i just i don't know to me i do think the just the idea of of though that she does specifically form some sort of sacrifice that it it somehow even though it may not be directly she -hmm. still did it in the name of relore and that relore would have some hand in in playing with that yeah yeah it's it's up for debate it's pretty you know interesting and uh makes you just sort of wonder you know, when like like it almost seems like in, at the start, Melisandre, you know, she, like like she's reading everything correctly. She's doing everything right. You're almost like, holy cow, this woman's legit. And then 
you know, and like when Stannis doesn't take her with him, he fails. So it's sort of like, but so it's just odd, right? You know, and then then he doesn't take her with her when he goes on his sort of, you know, battle um, of Winterfell situation. What's going to happen there? She's back with John. Right. Yeah. It's it makes it makes you wonder. Um, you almost wonder if just she's set up in a way that makes her look better than she really is, or or, or you know, to have more power than she really does. Uh, but she definitely has some some type of power, man. Some sex magic or something. I don't know. <laughs> sex magic. That's <laughs> the new. That's that's, that's the, what. There we go. That's put that's that on the, a t-shirt, man. I, yeah. It's a thing. I don't. <laughs> like, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, I mean, we do see her struggle, right? You know, when when it doesn't work with Stannis, and then she goes back to in the show, right? And when she goes back to John to try to bring him back, and she doesn't think she can do it. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, she yeah. goes through. Yeah, that that arc, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, there so. was no there was no sex magic there. So true. Yeah, <laughs> that we know of. Maybe there should have been. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah that that we know of. So perfect. Right. All right, well, now we have a now we have a new Frang. You know, a new a new Frang. Jeez, a new well, saying. Yeah, you know, I got the I got the, I got the phrase in my mind. Mayhaps <laughs> you do. You so. do. Yeah, mayhaps you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So all right. Well, uh, I want to give a quick uh, shout out here to. Um, Jaden Thomas, who supported us over on Kofi, uh, it's another cool way to give us uh, some support. Uh, that's not necessarily Patreon, uh, which is kind of like a one-time thing, but uh, it's pretty cool. So if you support us over there, we will certainly give you a shout out. Um, yeah. All right, sir. Is there anything else here before we kind of close up shop? Uh, no, other than like I would like to go and so you know like like earlier. Here's the thing. I have all these different docs that just like when stuff comes up in the middle of the show, it's really hard to get to. So, for example, like I have all my Three-Eyed Crow stuff pulled up right here. Mm-hmm. I've got references to Alt-Shift-X and his theories and I've got, you know, all sorts of stuff. So, it's like we don't always know what we're going to talk about um, or where the rabbit holes may appear. And so that's sort of what Patreon is for. We can we can go in there and we can really, really look at it. Like, for example... I didn't know before today until I looked at the uh, captain's report that we we might be talking about Rhaegar's squire, and that was kind of cool. So we could do a whole thing on that. So if ever you guys have just topics and things you want us to dive deeper in, um, we will definitely do those kind of over on Patreon. We did do last week a just talking about Jon Snow and really what is happening there and, and a really cool connection between Mance Raider and uh, Bale the Bard, which I thought was really really cool and, and what all does Val know is is there some secret um not not even just a secret northern conspiracy but like a secret like wildling conspiracy going on as well and what do they know versus what John knows is John just being used here and is that why he gets so fed up we see that kind of attitude with him in the show to where he's just sort of done you know Stannis is trying to use him maybe the wildlings you know, it's just, it's, it's, uh, his arc is, is kind of crazy. Um, I even have, for example, we were talking about green seers earlier and just some references here to, you know, one in a thousand are born skin chain, uh, skin changers. And then one out of those thousand, um, are actually green seers. So things like that, that they're just kind of tough to pull up in the middle of the show. And we will, uh, talk more about on Patreon. We always kind of, when we do a main show episode, we think about what we talked about. Was there anything in there that we could kind of pull up in? in a Patreon episode. And sometimes those are free. Um, sometimes they're at the lower level tiers. It just depends on which tier you're in. Um, we have varying different types of podcasts and theory videos uh, and podcasts over there that you guys can, can enjoy. So, Absolutely. So, All right. Well, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we'll be discussing Chapter 5, Aria 2 of A Clash of Kings. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. 
We will see you in a week, and remember that the night is dark and full of terrors.